You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. 702. Bongani Bingwa. Wrapping up your day. It is nine after five. Of course, we're taking your reaction to today's judgments in the North in the North Gauteng High Court. Twice today, the president was ordered to pay costs in his personal capacity for litigation that was seen as reckless and unreasonable. In fact, the court went as to, went so far as to say it was grossly remiss of him to not put into effect the remedial action of Tulima Donzela's uh, State of Capture report. And joining us now on the line is former uh, chief government spokesperson. He's, of course, uh, currently a communications director at uh, uh, Business uh, Leader South Africa, Business Leadership South Africa, Temba Maseko on the line. Good afternoon to you and thank you for your time. Hey, good afternoon, Bongani, and to your listeners, and I vote for broccoli. <laughs> it's a hard life. It's a hard life, Temba. Yeah. Let's, let's, go, let's go to the beginning of, of how you got involved in this, in this story, <clears throat> this unfortunate story. Uh, you, of mm. course, placed the president at the center of the narrative because uh, you said that, in fact, he had approached you and uh, basically encouraged you to be, what shall we say, helpful to the Gupta family. Just take us back to that moment. Yeah, I'll take it back, but can I just make a few points? Um, I've always thought that the president was conflicted, so I welcome the decision taken by the court. Secondly, this decision is an indication that the judiciary is getting a little bit exhausted by the president's um, delaying tactics in terms of uh, making sure that the investigation is conducted as quickly as possible. And it's, it's unfortunate that it has come to this where the president has to, or the court has to tell the president to respect the decisions or, or recommendations of the public protector. You remember, this makes, makes it the second time where there's a ruling on this matter. And ordinarily, if there are serious allegations made of, uh, about your government, as president, you should be the one leading investigations to test the, the allegations that have been made by your government. But in our case, we have a president who's actually doing all he can to delay the investigations taking place. So I thought those would be useful opening remarks. Yeah. But answering your question... And, and I'll, get to, I'll, get to, I'll get to an extensive response in terms of your reaction today, but I just yeah. thought to set the context of how this all began for you, let's go back there. So let's start Well, there. yeah, let's start there. Basically, I, I got requests for meetings with the... With the because after a while, I decided I'll, I'll meet them because uh, I was open to meeting with owners of media companies, but... They were pushing, and I eventually agreed to meet them. And as I was on my way to meet with the Guptas at their home in Southern World, I got a call from the president to say I must actually help the Gupta brothers who need my help. So it was a direct call to my mobile phone from the president saying I must help the Guptas. So that's how it all happened. What did you understand him to mean when he asked you that? Well, I, because I had already agreed to meet them, and in fact, uh, uh, it was a strange coincidence that his call came at a time when I was on my way to meeting them. And what went through my mind was basically the Gupta's trying to demonstrate their influence and power to me, to say, as you're coming to meet us, we'll call your boss to tell you to help us. So I, I got extremely upset, but nonetheless, I decided to proceed with the meeting to just understand what the meeting was about, especially after receiving the call from the president. But the, call, the message was very clear. They were going to make a request to me. I must help them. That's what I understood the call to be. And indeed, uh, take us through how that meeting went. What were you asked to do? Well, when I got to the house, the uh, Jay himself basically told me that he, he was 
at an advanced stage of setting up a media company which was going to have a newspaper and a television component, ANN7 and New Age newspaper, uh, if you can say to me. And what he was basically telling me was that I must transfer the whole advertising budget, government budget, uh, to his company uh, so that they can actually have the capital to start running the business. And he had details about the value of the budget. He told me exactly the amount, which was at that time 600 million rand. And he said, I must make sure that that budget is transferred to his businesses. And I made it clear to him that, listen, that's not how things work. Firstly, there needs to be a bidding process, a public bidding process. Secondly, that the budget was not allocated to GCIS. The budget is allocated to different departments, and departments then come to us to do media placing for them, and we then get the money from the departments to pay the media companies. And he made it very clear to me that he wasn't asking me, he was telling me that I need to transfer the budget. What upset me the most was when he told me that I don't need to worry about the other departments. I must just tell them that they need to transfer the money to GCIS. My job was to transfer the money to his companies. And he said to me quite clearly, if there's any department that was resisting to do the transfer, I must come back to him, report to him, and he has the authority to summon any minister to come to his house to make sure that they are instructed to transfer the money to me. So that's how the meeting concluded, because I made it very clear to him that I was not interested in what he was asking me to do. With all the corroborating evidence that we heard from the likes of a former MP, fake mentor, and of course, even deputy, a former Deputy Finance Minister Mkabisi Jonas, who actually said there was an amount that was offered to him to assist this family in this way. One of your jobs as the chief government communicator was to be able to, uh, I suppose, really communicate the message of a government. How hard yeah. was it for you to do that when you knew in the background these were the pressures that were being put on people like yourselves to cooperate in this way? Well, it, it, it complicated my life slightly because soon after that conversation and closer to the date of the launch of the New Age newspaper, there were clear indications from my heads of communications from different departments who were saying that uh, they were getting these approaches and from the Guptas, et cetera, et cetera. But what really put the span into the works was when they called me, the Gupta, one of the Gupta brothers and Ajay himself called me and demanded that they needed a meeting with me on a Monday morning because they were launching the newspaper and they wanted the money to be transferred. So uh, it, it just made my life difficult. But I was very clear in my mind that I was not going to be instructed by any person, be they a group or anybody, to break rules and, and, and do what they're instructing me to do. And in fact, the conversation with Gupta, with Ajay Gupta, became very strange because he was, in a sense, instructing me to attend a meeting with him. And I told him that there were ANC leaders were in cabinet at the time. And in mind, I had somebody like Tokyo Sofale was owning, was a shareholder of one of the media groups, I think it was Times Media Limited. And I told him that these are cabinet members with business interests, but at no stage they instructed me to transfer money to any of the newspapers. And I found it totally unacceptable that he thought he had the power to give me an instruction. And I told him that he was not my employer and I was not going to comply with his request. And I made it very clear that I was not cooperating. At the end of that conversation, he then said to me he was going to talk to my superiors to make sure that they deal with me because 
I was clearly not cooperating with their request. So it really made my life uh, difficult as head of GCIS. And of course, as we know, soon after you were no longer the chief government spokesperson, Temba Maseko, there on the line. No doubt looking forward to sharing what he knows about state capture when that inquiry begins. 702. 702. Bongani Bingwa. Wrapping up your day. It is 21 minutes after 5 o'clock. And of course, I suppose in less than a week, we've had three significant high court judgments coming out of the North Gauteng High Court, really scathing about the conduct of the president. Uh, and today, of course, was no difference. Twice, in fact, he was ordered to pay the costs in his personal capacity. And uh, no doubt, of course, our parties uh, in many respects are feeling justified and perhaps even a little celebratory this afternoon. Joining us on the line now is the leader of the Democratic Alliance, Musi Maimane. Good afternoon to you and thank you for your time. Uh, good afternoon, Bongani, and good afternoon to all the listeners. Your response to today's judgments? Well, you know, when we laid the complaint a number of months ago and uh, wanted the investigation into state of state capture report, we wanted it to get investigated. And I'm glad that the court has held that view to say a judicial commission of inquiry must be put together. That was a remedial action from the public protector. That the president must stop wasting taxpayers' money and pay personally. And that there's a genuine case as to whether or not the president has in fact committed perjury. So I really believe that it's a significant judgment. It enforces the powers of the public protector and ultimately makes sure Jacob Zuma stops wasting our money. From your side, what will you be pushing for? Because, of course, there were a number of uh, items, if you want to look at it as a, as a kind of checklist, if you will, uh, that were part of the public protector's remedial action, including uh, particular responsibilities for parliament. No, without doubt. I mean, this is a moment in South Africa that if we don't act now, we will never be able to act because another president will act with impunity. The first action is whether or not the president has violated his executive ethics um, the oath of office. The second is whether he has in fact committed perjury, and that's why I'd be laying the charges in this regard, because I think there, there is a genuine case that Jacob Zuma in fact misled the courts. Now, he does it often in Parliament, but now you must do it here. But the ultimate issue is that, as per the timeline, that within 30 days, he must establish the Judicial Commission of Inquiry, and we must get to the bottom of this issue of state capture, not because it's for us personally, but I think South Africans, we must get exhausted having to read about corruption and no investigation take place ahead of NPA who simply is dysfunctional. I want us to get to the bottom of it so that ultimately we can focus all the resources of this country on delivery for the people. What is it that you say he lied about? Well, he argued the case that um, that he never meant to say that the that the report must not be released. He's called it a typo. But as the judge argued, is in fact all the sub- supplementary paragraphs that come from there are in fact supportive of the first statement, which shows that the president, in fact, was never intent on taking the matter seriously, let alone acting. That's why the cost order was awarded against him. The judge went as far as saying he was. it was not the subject of that court order to, deter, to determine perjury. But I think if there was an application put on it, the judge would have found against Jacob Zuma because the statement was found blatantly false. What about the suggestion he'd made uh, upon the release of the report that he'd not been afforded an opportunity to make representations, forcing former public protector Tulima Donzella to even release audio tapes of their conversations? Jacob Zuma is a master at trying to deceive the people. And uh, 
one of the great difficulties is that uh, it was very clear that his argument was was baseless at the best of times. He argues the case that that in fact he was a de- de- uh, uh, an irresponsible litigant. He just simply is an unreasonable person. So he made these spurious arguments that he was never afforded an opportunity. It's the same thing he's doing in the 783 charges case. If Jacob Zuma wants to make representation, he must go to a court like anybody else. Like we, if either one of us as citizens of this country were convicted or alleged to have done something, we'd go to a court and make our case. Why is he special? He's an ordinary citizen. He just happens to occupy the office of president. But as far as all laws of the country, he's treated the same as everybody else. The Democratic Alliance leader on the line from Johannesburg, Musi Maimane. Of course, you heard the judge today saying that uh, this inquiry might lead to some process of national catharsis. Afternoon Drive with Wongani Bingwa. Live. Online. The 702 app. DSTV. And 92.7 and 106 FM. It is 24 minutes before 6 o'clock. And one of the issues that was raised today, of course, was the preponderance of irrefutable evidence around state capture it has been exposed and continuously it would have seemed to have fallen on deaf ears certainly when it comes to law enforcement agencies joining us now on the line is brigadier Langwani Mulawutsi, who is uh, the spokesperson for the south african police good Hello. afternoon to you and thank you for your time Bongani, how are you sir i'm very well i'm very well thank I'm you fine what? and uh, Bongani, it's hangwani hangwani i beg your pardon yeah thank you now what what is the state of play in terms of the hawks and any investigation into state capture at this stage? Well, there's a lot that we are covering, um, and I think one of the things that uh, I think the media missed uh, an opportunity to report on was the fact that I think two three weeks ago, um, the national head of the hawks was uh, asked a pertinent question regarding this issue, and uh, she did response by saying that there is the fact of these investigations uh, that we have completed, uh, which is sitting with the NPA. Uh, we're just waiting for them now to make a decision on that. There are other uh, legs within uh, these uh, same investigations uh, that we will be taking to the NPA very soon. So it shows our commitment in terms of making sure that we deal with these cases as soon as possible. Are we going to see arrests uh, soon? Are we going we to see arrests soon, Hangwani? We're hoping that. Uh, we're hoping that because, of course, those investigations, these are criminal investigations. We're talking about administrative issues. It's criminal investigations, and, of course, uh, it means that if there are people that need to be arrested, they have to, to, to answer to the court. How soon can we expect arrests? Well, we're thinking that things will happen sooner, uh, but unfortunately, as you would know, that uh, the decision is to rest with the NPA, so they will be the ones to be able to guide us on that one. What do you say to the criticism that the Hawks have sat on this information? I mean, one of it was so strongly articulated by Dajim Lambo today was the fact that uh, this information has been out there and it continues to grow, and they've been supporting evidence and you know, this is like the Gupta leaks, for example. And yet, uh, as you say, no arrests have been made at this stage. Well, look, perception, perceptions will always be there. Um, but our, our, our resolve is the fact that, you know, in any investigations, whether there is evidence or not, we don't want to be able to be looked or to be seen as uh, um, this entity that just grants 
without doing proper things. You don't want to be a laughing stock. Have you Remember, spoken to some of the people providing evidence as part of your investigation, Hangwan? Of course, there's a lot that we have spoken. There's a lot of people that are assisting us in this investigation. All right, let's talk to let's talk about Temba Maseko, for example. I was speaking to him a little earlier on, the former chief yes. government communicator. Have you spoken yeah. to him? Have you questioned him in terms of we the information have, he's provided? There's a lot of people that we have spoken to, Mr. Maseko the former Deputy Minister of uh, Finance. There's a lot of people that have provided us with information. and I think Have you questioned the Guptas? Some, well, we cannot get into that detail. Why not? You know, Surely there are, there are people, of there no? are persons of interest. No, 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 no. As much as we would want to talk about people of interest, when you deal with issues of uh, investigation, you cannot go into details because that is when now you compromise your own your own investigation. Can you at least say so, that whether or not there are persons of interest, given how they've course, been named in this? Of course, we cannot run away from that fact. But in terms of giving you the minute issues that are happening within a docket, then I'll be making a very big mistake. All right, Brigadier Hangwa Nimulaudzi, the spokesperson for the South African Police Services, saying expect arrests soon.